the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to Christ our Lord. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. We, work, we must work with the light. We must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night comes when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As he said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the man's eyes with the clay and said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, Is this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He said, I am the man. They said to him, that how were, you, how were your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to, him, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The Pharisees again asked him, How have you received his sight? He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who was a sinner do such signs? There was a division amongst them. So they said, So they again said to the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that he, this is our son, that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who, was, who had been blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is a marvel. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone were to worship or a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out.
Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus answered him, You have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask the Holy Spirit upon us. Help and guide us on our journey of faith, on our journey of sainthood, on our journey of discipleship. Help us to know your will in our lives and to respond generously. Amen. This past week, as Father Matthew was moving in, Father Rodney, Father Brian were going to the new assignments. Just a time for me of just reflection of my previous assignments where I've done and what I've done as a priest, even just in general, even just uh, uh, especially because Father Matthew was from St. Thomas, just that, that idea, kind of concept of preaching that like Father Matthew was from this parish, just like oh, how I grew up in faith, my own journey of faith, my own journey of life, just all of that became part of my, my prayer, my struggles, where I've been, where I've grown, where I still need a lot of room for growth. It's all a journey. Right? All of this is a journey. Whole life is just one big journey as we journey toward God, as we journey toward salvation, as we journey in our, in our own growth, in our own discipleship. We meet a lot of people, we have a lot of experiences, and it's important for us to reflect upon it. So as I was praying with the gospel, this man, this blind man born, in the go- born blind in the gospel who was healed, he really is part of like, his own faith journey as he seeks salvation, as he experiences Jesus and experiences people around him. He's kind of a, really a microcosm of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So I want to focus on his perspective and his experiences, but also I want to take a step back and just experience the perspectives of, of the whole scenario, the whole, the whole story. So first focusing on him. He had this incredible, beautiful experience with Jesus. Jesus healed him. Okay. It's incredible. To be born blind and to see is such a beautiful healing. And that miracle is incredible. And then immediately, after he has this experience with Jesus, negative things happen. There's just negativity that surrounds him. And a lot of times that happens to us. Right? Many of us have had experiences with Christ or we've grown deeper in our faith or we love Jesus or we go to have a good confession or we're just on fire for Jesus for whatever reason. And then we come to church and then our experiences with humans, because we are humans in the church, we're flawed, can sometimes be negative. Even like the, the, the apostles, their first question to Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents that he's blind? Like, well, that's a negative question. You can't even answer that without it being negative. Somebody's fault that he's born blind. Why so negative? Right? The Pharisees are just attacking him. Right? He, was, you, he healed on the Sabbath. He can't heal on the Sabbath. You were born in sin. And then they eventually kicked him out of, this, out of the synagogue. He was like excused, expelled. He didn't, he's just preaching the truth. He had this experience with Jesus and he's just trying to live it. And all of us have... All of us can probably pinpoint a negative experience they've had in church, they've had in their relationship with God. I remember before, when I was young, probably in high school. So in high school, my faith shifted from like, I go to church with my parents, yeah. Shifted to Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He is the incarnate God. He is the resurrection. So I was in church praying, and I had bad posture, okay? I slouch. I'm sorry. It's not a sin to have bad posture, okay? Don't judge me. Judge me later. But I was crossing my legs. We're not going to have the conversation whether crossing legs is a sin in church. It's a different day. 
hate that conversation. But my legs were crossed because I had bad posture, right? And I was praying. And this very pious, very aggressive man, like, scolded me, right, in Chaldean. At that time, my Chaldean was even worse. And I was like, why are you yelling at me, right? All because my legs were crossed. Imagine if I was sensitive. Imagine that was my first time at church. And that was my experience with God and faith, was being scolded for something as insignificant as my legs. Right? Thank God, by the grace of God, he powered me through it, and I had a great experience with God, and I grew from that. But we can't. We experience, the negative is part of life. It is what it is. Think of all the wonderful people who bring their kids to church. It is such a challenge to bring children to church. You guys are great. Ooh, kids' room. Yeah. All right, ignore me. All right. It's a challenge. Just last week, a friend of mine walks out of the kids' room with a handful of vomit. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? He's like, he choked and then he threw up. I was like, okay, go, go wash your hands, right? And then as church is ending, two of them are fighting and one of them is weeping. And they're like, Father, we, we, we thank you for Mass. God bless you. I'm like, God bless you. Good golly, right? And these parents who like have a hard time bringing their kids to Mass, sometimes we like snicker or like, hey, your kids were rowdy at church and we get all upset about it. My church must be pristine and quiet in order for me to pray. Get over yourselves. Are we here to welcome? Obviously, if a kid is screaming, Excuse yourself, right? There's a lobby for a reason. But we should be welcoming. Right? How much are we part of the solution? People's own experiences on their journey of faith. Even more so. So this man in the gospel had an experience with Jesus. And he would think the people who would support him the most, his parents, don't. How many of us have that experience with God? We fall in love with Jesus. And those whom we think would follow us, our siblings, our parents, our children, whomever, our spouses. And then they don't. They're, not, they're at a different place in their journey with faith. They're at a different place in the journey of God. And that can be so, so devastatingly hurtful. Especially as priests. When there's a, man, a young man who's discerning priesthood, or a young woman who is discerning a religious life to become a sister, 99 times out of 100, there's issues with their parents. Always. Right? It's like a common thing. Parents don't want to give their children to God. And it's offensive because I'm a priest and I love being a priest. I think I'm pretty happy. I don't know, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty awesome, right? And so like priesthood's amazing. Why won't we be encouraging of it instead of discouraging of it? So we're on a journey of faith and the people around us are discouraging us. Like how? I should be encouraged but the more and more I look at it, the more and more I'm discouraged in faith. But God is so good and God helps us and helps us to persevere. Now besides this one man's experience, Think of it as an outside perspective. Let's take a step back and just watch the whole scenario. How many of us have people in our lives that we can pinpoint? It could be as close as like your siblings, your aunts, your uncles, cousins, somebody who if you saw them at church this morning, you would be like, why are they here? Right? Who is this? He's in church? Let's be real. We all have, I have that person, right? It's just, it is, it is what it is. We're very good at being like Catholic elitists thinking to ourselves, this person can't have conversion. And it's, it, sh- it shows sometimes our lack of faith. Because if we truly believe in the incarnation of God and the person of Jesus Christ, it is death and resurrection. Just yesterday was the feast of the transfiguration of Jesus. That Christ climbed the mountain with Peter, James, and John and was transfigured. His face was like the sun. Ever looked at the sun before? You can't. Because your eyes would burn. That's how powerful God is. The creator of the universe incarnates himself in Jesus Christ, dies, resurrects from the dead. We don't think he has the power to convert this sinner 
who hates God, this person who always gossips against the church, this person who's out doing whatever, this person who's out doing whatever in their lives, whom we think are sinful and are actually massively sinful, do we actually believe in the power of God to convert hearts and souls? Do we believe in the power of God to convert our own souls? Because we're all on the journey. We all struggle and get frustrated with our own sins. So if somebody converts, we can't be like those outsiders in the gospel. We're like, you are the blind man. You are this person who was always doing that. You are this person who's always against you. You are the self-proclaimed atheist. Why are you in church? Because we believe in the power of God. And God can actually convert hearts. And that's the conclusion of this man's journey. He has negativity with the apostles, negativity with his parents, negativity with the Pharisees, with the leadership of the church. Negativity. So what does he do? Ah, I can't do this. I'm leaving my faith. This is too much. I'm going to leave God. I'm going to leave church. I'm going to leave faith. He doesn't do that. He seeks Jesus. He goes to Jesus. And what is the final response of such a long gospel? He worshiped. That's what we're called to do. We're all at different places in our faith journey. Some of us are really struggling with sin. Some of us are really written there. Maybe you only come once a month. Maybe every week. Maybe you're here every day. Maybe it's the first time you're here since COVID. I don't know. You're here. And God wants you here. What do we do? Get frustrated? Judge others? None of that. We worship Jesus. That's what Mass is. Every Thursday we have adoration here at St. Thomas. From 10 to 10. Come worship the Eucharist of Jesus. 24-7-365, 24-7-365, we have the Eucharist and adoration at the grotto. Go and worship Jesus. More importantly, brothers and sisters, here today. We're here to worship the incarnate God, the transfigured Jesus. That's whom we're called to worship. So really pray with that. Where are you on your journey? Maybe you're taking a step forward. Maybe you're taking a step back. Where are those around you on their journey? Maybe they're much more advanced and they're saintly and you're trying to get there. Great. Maybe you've taken a step so far back that you're like, can I even be redeemed? You can absolutely be redeemed. Maybe your uncle and your mind is so far removed from faith and stubbornness and sin that there's no way he can be converted. He can be converted. But not because of you. Because of the grace of God. Because he died and resurrected. So let's turn now like the blind man in the gospel and let us worship the incarnate God. Amen.